When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you want to be right or do you want to be heard? Now, I was somebody in coaching that I was command and control and I wanted to be right. I wanted to be right instead of heard. And it was more important for your players to hear you or that you walk away to the point you were right. Because, well, they have to hear me because they have to play the game. And that was the journey I went on to. And, and it really turned the tide of our program and being um, not only successful in the football field, but successful in the mission we wanted to be. And, and my own personal journey as a coach, not only did it help me find better results in my relationships with football, but also in other areas. On today's podcast, Victor Santa Cruz, the defensive coordinator at Hawaii, talks to us about emotional intelligence. This comes from a clinic talk that I moderated from Lawrence First in Goal, and I thought this was some very impactful stuff. The full talk, where he goes more into the details of exactly how this is done, is available on Lawrence First in Goal store, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Why is emotional intelligence important? Well, first off, it's the number one predictor of performance in the workplace. And as coach gets into it, he's going to talk about how personnel-driven we are, how much our business of what we do as coaches is about people. And if you don't have the ability to relate to them, if you don't have the emotional intelligence, you're going to fall short. So in today's podcast, coach is going to share some of those ideas as well as go into exactly how you are able to start improving your emotional intelligence for yourself and for your players. Coach gives an overview in this first section. And it's really about emotional intelligence. Everything we're doing right now in coaching, it's all about relating with human beings. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into big budgets, equipment, facilities, travel, all the logistics that are that are necessary to make the game great, no matter what your level's at, whether you're coaching youth football or coaching middle school football, all the way to college or even NFL, it's those logistics are important. But the mainstay, the, the constant in all of that is essentially it's human beings relating with each other. How do we do that a little better? How do we make sure that we can make the most of that relationship so that the, the athlete can, can uh, ascertain all the information and expertise that we have as coaches and really understand the game plan as well as the organization and the overall mission of what you're trying to do as a coach. Emotional intelligence is important because it helps us make a difference. It helps us better achieve our why by working with the people that are part of our program. Coach Santa Cruz explains it here. While we're here and relating for results, we all want to make a difference. 
And that difference could be bringing it back your old high school alum, alumni, and you were hired to, to bring this program back to winning. It could be that you're coaching in a, in a power five conference and you know that, hey, we, we need to win a national championship. No matter what, we're here to make a difference. And that difference, we all want to win. And when we talk about stuff like this, about relationships in our business, I start to I start to see a lot of people cringe in the audience like, oh, no, what's this about? It's soft stuff. Or, and I'm going to tell you, this is the critical part about that helped me in my journey as a coach. And I know it's helped other coaches uh, that I we had a chance to share these ideas. So in my own personal journey, when I was a head coach at the time at Azusa Pacific University, I had great intention. The foundation of our program, we said, was building champions while pursuing championship. We really wanted to build that, that young man up. And we believed that as you build a man, you're going to build a performer. And so we, we had all the intention of doing that. But early on in my career there as a head coach, my winning record was not very good. And, and I've got it to prove you can take a look at it. All the hard work, the long hours, the bigger budgets, buying new equipment. It, there's something was a roadblock. It was, it was a real frustrating point. And so I had a friend of mine who I got reconnected with. His name is Pat Intrapersado. And Pat Intrapersado is a consultant for quite a few Fortune 500 companies and, and executives. And, you know, Pat and I knew each other for, from when I used to live in uh, San Diego, California. And so we had a chance to talk. And, at the same time, I was trying to finish up some master's degree classes and it came upon this, this concept of emotional intelligence. And Pat what really challenged me in that area is that takes said, hey, perhaps it's you. Now, man, that, that's a tough, that's a tough one there when you're saying, no, how can it possibly be me? You know, I, you know, I'm working hard, I've got the right game plan, and this is how we're doing it. And when Pat hit that with me, I had to go back and look at the man in the mirror and I had to say, okay, if I'm really trying to grow as a person, much of what my players to grow then I do need to look at the man in the mirror. This is the way I always challenge my players to say, hey, you got to get better. So it was my journey to get better. And I started understanding this concept of relating for results and not just relating to, to feel like, hey, I, I, I'm, it's about me. I always tell uh, guys and remind myself is that, do you want to be right or do you want to be heard? Now, I was somebody in coaching that I was command and control and I wanted to be right, you know, and I wanted to be right instead of heard. And, and Pat was like, you, is it more important that your players hear you or that you walk away proving the point you were right? And I said, well, they have to hear me because they have to play the game. And that was the journey I went on to. And, and it really turned the tide of our program and be not only successful in the football field, but successful in the mission we wanted to be. And, and my own personal journey in, as a coach, not only did it help me find better uh, results in my relationships with football, but also in the other areas. In this next section, Coach talks about the importance of recruiting and how many resources and time we put into it. And if we're going to put that much time into recruiting, whether you are at the NFL level where you're drafting or you're at the high school level where you're looking for buy-in to your program, you need to develop emotional intelligence in order to have strong relationships so that the people that you bring in are a part of something they're bought into and they understand exactly how it works. Coach talks about that here. The key driver of our industry is personnel. I came across these stats that are 2018-19 stats. These are Power 5 conferences. And there's no doubt the dollars behind, a lot of dollars behind about acquiring the top talent for your program. So when you, when you break the numbers down here, and this is what the average spending of recruiting costs of the Power 5s were in that, in that year, you can find this article in the athletic director you you're looking at anywhere between 60 to thirty thousand dollars to bring in one recruit if you say you're going to sign a class of 25. 
So that's 60 to 25,000 to $30,000. You think about that. Not only that's just the dollar amount you can tag to it, but what about the actual time amount, the time spent in it, the, the phone calls, the text messages, the amount of thought, the marketing, the, all that goes, all that energy into just bringing on what you believe is that game changer athlete. And so essentially what you're doing, you're building a team. And now when that team comes together and you're, you have them in fall camp, now that team could be, maybe it's maybe that coach, we don't, we don't do recruiting that way. We're, maybe you're a high school, so okay, that, that's great. But everyone somehow is recruiting. What I mean by that is this. You may be recruiting on the, on the really true fundamental sense of what it is. Obviously, the NFL drafts people. But even the high school, when you go there, you're trying to recruit the, the, the buy-in of your entire program so that these players can be like, oh, man, I get the why. Once they get the why of your program, now you're going to get the most. You're going to maximize what talent they have there. So you have so we have that dollar amount coming. There's actual logistics going to recruiting, all that energy for recruiting. Wouldn't it be of utmost that we say we know now how to take that recruited talent, which is essentially just potential, and now you have adapted to whatever your scheme is in your situation? That right there is where the secret sauce, in my opinion, is that the great teams, the great programs are able to onboard their talent and be able to say that with that athlete, say, we, we know how to create a high-performing environment for you. After setting that environment as a coach, it's important to understand how big of a part you have in developing the culture, in developing that environment, in developing the success that is expected around it. And he talks about how your part is like a cog in this next section. So we have all these teams together and you have these cogs, all right? The big cog you have is your head coach and you have the, the next level down, you're gonna have his coordinators and, and so forth. Maybe you have your seniors. Down here, you have your younger people in the program. But what Pat helped me understand was that, hey, it's this big cog, wherever, if you were higher up on that cog, your impact is a lot more dynamic than if you were lower down that. What that means, like, oh, you take a rock, okay? If you go and you go to the go to a lake, if you drop a pebble in the lake, all right, it's gonna have a little bit of a ripple. You, talk, you drop a boulder in the lake, boom, bigger splash, it's gonna look like a, like a cannonball jump off the diamond board. Well, the same way as uh, Pat helped me understand, it's like, you know what, in your desire to be right rather than heard, my inability to be emotionally intelligent and emotionally regulate and self-aware was creating essentially a, a negative dynamic for my program. Now, on the flip side of it, years down, when I actually I became aware of this and started training it and being and paying attention and challenging myself every day to become more emotionally aware, emotionally intelligent, the same large impact was now reverberating, rippling through my whole organization. We're now freshmen to the senior, to the assistants, whoever we were in our organization. Matter of fact, even the outside from the parents to the administrators, we were able to relate. There was a certain magnetic vibe that we were put up because people saw something very positive, saw the direction going. So, so really it's, we'd say all these, all this stuff with football, you know, with all the equipment, everything goes in it. It's a human being. And, as coaches, you're trying to create the most dynamic, high-performing, human-performance environment as possible. And that may be it's just you and your position room where you have four quarterbacks, or it could be your O-line room where now you've got 20 O-linemen. For me, I coach secondary, and it's in my, my secondary room here at the University of Hawaii. 
And it's a constant challenge. You have to be aware of what's going on. How do we become better at emotional intelligence? How do we transfer that to our players and our program? For Coach, he identifies it as being able to coach ourselves up and be able to model the right responses that we want from our players. Coach explains it here. The E plus R equals O, and I see a lot of high school programs, a lot of programs use it and buy it. I think it's a, I think it's a solid formula. I think it's a good thing to, to give awareness for somebody to say, hey, this an event plus my response equals the outcome and, and bring some ownership to how you respond. And I appreciate Urban Meyer did a good job of that book he put out that uh, bring more awareness to it. But really, when we're talking about emotional intelligence, what we're trying to train is more that R. Is we're training that R so we can say, and this is where, you know, the fork in the road for me is we're saying how I really want to pour into that R. First of all, as me as a coach, as a husband, as a leader, as somebody in the community, and I also want to pass on those lessons so that we bring a little bit more science, a little bit more understanding, and a little more strategy to, to that R. Because how somebody chooses to respond it all depends actually on a variety of factors. On a surface, you would like to be able to say, oh yeah, hey, event, response, outcome. Okay, I'm always gonna choose great responses. Well, that, that yes, on your, in a very uh, static world, you can say to yourself, yeah, I'm gonna do the right thing. But how many of us know that you know like, when things get heated, things get hot, that it's hard to do the, the right thing in that time and, and get that right response. So we're training we train the R, we're looking at that, that response, it has to do with just more of the awareness. And awareness is that, that powerful mental state from which we can respond instead of react. So it's now that awareness, right? And now if you're talking about teenagers to college athletes, the science says that your brain's not fully developed to your 25. So now you're asking somebody who is still going through puberty, finishing up puberty, and still trying to figure out how the dynamic of the world some of the most trans, uh, transformational times of their life, you're asking them to say, hey, respond, be aware. And that, that's all hard. So what, what can they do first and foremost, and it starts with us, is modeling. How do we as coaches model for them what is the proper response? And that starts with our own awareness. So if we hear anything today in, in about, about, hey, how do you lead with emotional intelligence? How do you start getting results from, from emotional intelligence? It really going to start with leading yourself first, and then you can begin to, to say, how do I, down the journey that you'll go in, how do I t- take this to the to the athletes? And, but the responsibility is always going to fall on the coach to say, hey, are you are you the tip of the spear? Are you modeling this? Because I don't know about you, but I know for myself, when I got into coaching, I just fell into habits and, and, and behaviors that I saw modeled for me. Some of them weren't that good, and you know, but this is what I saw, and you don't realize how much the power of modeling is. They're learning, they're listening, they're, and, and they're paying attention to everything we're doing all the time. So it's massive responsibility we have as coaches to say we're doing that modeling. E plus R equals O is not a new concept on this podcast. We've done plenty of episodes with Brian Kite on our series, The Leadership Journey, and I'll share the links to those playlists in our show notes. If you haven't listened to those before, those are really good ones that will help you develop yourself as a coach and a leader. All of the clinic talks from Lawrence First and Goal are available now in the Lawrence First and Goal store. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Check out all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.